Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Hey, Bob Stoffer joining you along with Brendan Escott. It's 133 in Edmonton. Uh, we were scheduled to have our next guest on Monday's show, uh, but the news of the Duncan Keith trade broke at that time. He is our Oilers now headliner today for Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhawk, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. Earlier on today's show, we heard from a, uh, I, I would call the guy a pepper pot uh, on the ice in his WHL days, a gentleman by the name of Chad Beagle who played for the Swift Current Broncos. That is the same team that our next guest, Tyler Wright, was uh, selected from when the Edmonton Oilers made him a first-round draft choice. And speaking of drafts, uh, he is now the Oilers Director of Amateur Scouting. Tyler, long time no talk. Lucky for you. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing uh, I'm doing good. Thanks, Bob. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. me in. Part of me? Yeah. Well, it's been a busy week, and I was <laughs> no, almost exactly. thinking, we, don't tell me we're going to get another surprise today, but... Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, well, let, let, let's cut to the chase here. How different of a year... Was this for everybody involved? The OHL didn't play. Uh, travel was a major challenge. I know you guys made it down to the U18. But how how much more challenging is it to prep for a draft when you haven't seen the kids play as much this year? Yeah, you, you know, I think challenging is an understatement. Um, now, I mean, it's just challenging for, for the industry in, in general. I mean, there's 32 other teams that, you know, are in the same same position that we are and unfortunately you've got to you got you got to find a way um you know OHL didn't play so you mean there was 10 or 11 kids that played at the U18 team that you you know had the luxury of seeing but you know you get you get a whole other league some kids went over to Europe and played so um just you know a lot of video a lot of talk uh you know still did some some traveling that you know, might not kind of work within the health restrictions at certain times, but I mean, got a job to do, and we still got to knock this out of the ballpark. All right. Um, 
Well, you know, it, it's interesting. I have time for analytics. Uh, people say, no, Stoffer, you only have time for analytics when it supports your argument. That's what the hardcore analytics guys would tell you. I would say, well, I think you still got to see a player good as well. But in this year, because maybe you didn't get as many... Well, maybe that's just set the parameters. In a perfect world, how many viewings would you get on a guy that would maybe go in the first three rounds of the draft? Would we be talking about, you know, minimum 10 to 15 viewings uh, uh, for a player of that ilk? Yeah, I would kind of... I would say, yeah, roughly around that live for myself. Um you know, the way it kind of works is, you know, you, you have your midterm meetings um, where and you, you're trying to project where, where you're going to finish as a team too, right? You I mean, it's kind of ever moving, right? You know, whether you're in that top 15, you know, in a playoff run into the lottery run or you're outside of the, the lottery. And so you're, you're trying to cluster a group of players, you know, to prioritize on, on who you need to see. And, so you mean does it does it work all the time? No, but you usually can you know prioritize on where you have to go and and see, and you know certain leagues not playing and and you know you you, you got to kind of have a lot of zoom calls, a lot of a lot of conversations, a lot of talk with your area guys that you know the emphasis is like you know you're in that area you have to be that expert and it, it is every year but you I mean this year it, it's vital because uh you know it's just for the lack of viewings or the lack of live viewings um you're gonna have to use some analytics you're gonna have to use uh some intuition and um you're gonna have to i wouldn't say go outside the box but you you have to think um at least be open for the ideas of, of, you know, trying to use various different tools to help you to make the best decision that we can. We're joined by Tyler Wright. Tyler, if I recall correctly, and as you know, I played for Stu McGregor when he, uh, years ago, and I, and I still like Stu to this day, good guy. The uh, Oilers incorporated a company called Dark Horse Analytics in and around 2012, 2013. Marco Waugh was one of their picks. Now, Edmonton traded down a couple times in the second round that year. They took a flyer on Waugh late in the second round as it turned out he never played a, a game in the national hockey league that happens sometimes in second round picks um but and then they had tyler dello and dark horse working together uh so basically for the last decade the organization uh has had analytics uh into it this might be a year that maybe you need to rely on it a little bit more do you think than past years um you mean i wouldn't say more i you mean i think we use it as a tool for sure um, you know the the thing is with the amateur draft. Also, you mean these kids are in various different stages of their development as far as physically, mentally. You know they're still growing as as young men, um, both physically and, and mentally. So, I mean you're still you're trying to use analytics also to help project where these you know who's going to be the best 22, 23, 24 year old player five six years from now. So. Um, you know, there's there's different tools. You know, there's 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 background checks, there's families checks, there's you know, there's growth charts that you you might have to be looking at in certain areas. So, I mean, we use a bunch of tools. Uh, would I say is there any more than? Would we use it more this year than than ever? Maybe, um, but at the end of the day, it's still 
you know, the product on the ice and what they do and, and the type of player that they are and what they bring and how we want the Oilers to look, um, you know, in two to three, four years from now. And can that can that player be be a part of that? So um, it's got to work into our philosophy on, on how we want the Oilers to look and how we want to play as a group. And obviously, you know, through positional needs, you know, with defense and goalies and, and you know, top forward, top six forwards, top, you know, nine forwards, um, you know, all those type of things come into play. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's we got a lot of stuff on the table that we look at and, you know, we're trying to come – to make the best decision we can, you know, to get the best player we can at 19. Tanner, I went to every combine from 2010 to 2019. There hasn't been one for the last two years. How dramatically has that changed the interview process with the respective kids going from face-to-face where, you know, sometimes kids do 20 interviews in a day to doing Zoom calls with you guys? Is is it more challenging? Is it? A, do you yeah, get a different sure. read? Do you get a different read on the player as a result? Well, you know, it's not as it's not as smooth, right? I mean, you you got internet connections that you know maybe failing at certain times because you're dealing with people in different parts of the world. Um, you know, so there's glitches. Uh, you know, on each end, there's you know there's pauses. There might be language barriers. Uh, you know, normally you have an interpreter that's in the room with you. Now you have an interpreter that's also on the Zoom call. So, um, yeah, it's challenging for for sure. But you know what? Uh, I think the industry, you know, I think our Zooms have gotten better from, say, last year because it was kind of the first year that we really had to do the Zooms, um, you know, instead of the Combine. Um, you know, the testing part of it, um, you know, you're not allowed to test. So um, is there certain teams and, and players that would give you access to their physical testing over the course of the year? They may, they may not. Um, everybody's kind of different. So, yeah, it's, it, I mean, it's challenging, but, um, you know, we're still trying to do, you know, our due diligence as far as, um, making sure that we're we know the type of player and the person that we're getting, and and you know they're going to be a big piece of this puzzle going forward. How would you assess the overall depth of this year's draft? You know, I think you're going to get a lot of good value in this draft, um, and I think it's just because of the lack of unknown. Um, you know, I think there's a cluster of you know a couple of guys at the top, and then after that, I think if you were able to have access to everybody, say top 20, top 30, top whatever, I think it'd be drastically um, different. And I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I, you know, in three or four years, we'll, we'll be able to find that out. But um, you know, you're evaluating a lot on underage years. Um, you know, for some kids that haven't played, um, you're you're evaluating on video. Um, depends on the quality of the video that you're getting. You're getting, um, you know, there's there's all these different um, pieces that you know you, you try to fight through and and still try to you know keep an even kill as far as what we're going to do and, and what we're going to take. So. Um, I think there's good value in this draft. I, I think there's good value in every draft. Um, that player just has to fit the philosophy that we want to go forward with. Any hesitation in taking a goaltender in the first round? Um, I think there's always hesitation. Um, you know, I think 
you know, you go, you've done it, you've gone back, I've gone back every time, and you can count, uh, you know, how many goalies have have gone in the first round, how many have, have not panned out, how many have panned out. You I mean, you, you watch Veselevsky right now and win another Stanley Cup, and, you know, in my opinion, probably the best goaltender in the game right now, uh, who was a first-round pick. So there, there's risk and, and there's reward. Um, so is it out of the question? No, I don't think it's out of the question, but, you know, it's the same boring answer that, uh, <laughs> you know, we're, we're going to take the best player available that we deem at 19, whether it's, uh, you know, a forward, a D, or a goalie. And it's it's boring, but at the end of the day, you have to take the best player. Well, just to show you an illustration, I'm not sure if you were an amateur. Were you an amateur scouting in Columbus? Were you a director of amateur by 2012, or was that still Don Boyd? No, I was, yeah. You were. So you took Dansk in the second round at 31, and then you got Corpusalo in the third round at 62. So your third round pick uh, is, you know, has been in 160 games in the National Hockey League, and Dansk finally left North America and signed back in Sweden just in the last couple of weeks here. By the way, Tyler, nice pick in the fourth round, Josh Anderson. Good pick. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's... Uh, you know, there's a bigger story than that when it comes down to you know the, you know how how we got to taking two goalies, which is kind of unconventional. But um, you, you never can have enough goalies, and you can never have enough D, and you can never have enough good players uh, in general. So, you um, I mean it's not there's no Bible and no no you know, perfect page to go into a draft and there's so much uncertainty, you know, 18 players are going to go before we make that pick. And uh, we believe that there's a cluster of guys that we're going to get a really good player at at 19. Um, You know, are there opportunities to go back? Possibly. We don't have a second or a third. So could we recruit, recoup something and and get some value is a possibility. Um, You know, it's just our job to make sure we're, we're ready for every scenario because it happens quick. We're joined by Oilers Director of Amateur Scouting, Tyler Wright, Bob Stoffer, with you on Oilers. Now, the last goaltender out of Major Junior Hockey to go in the first round of the NHL draft was Malcolm Subban back in 2012. There's obviously been multiple European goaltenders and players out of the U.S. National Development Program uh, go uh, in the first round. Uh, just on the U.S. National Development Program, this is they had a year a couple of years ago. We've had this private conversation. You know my feelings on Kirby Dock versus is Jack Hughes. I'm a guy that, you know, if Kirby Dock's playing for the U.S. National Development Program and Jack Hughes was playing for the Saskatoon Blades, I believe the six foot four right shot center would have gone number one that year. Um, does that, when you have a team loaded up on basically what is ostensibly an all-star team, does that make it tougher to, to gauge and read versus a guy who might be the only really good player on his major, like you know, the only sort of player headed to the National Hockey League on his major junior team. Yeah, I think it there you know there there is some truth maybe to it, but you know, I think there's also I mean, I think you go back 2013, you know, we took we took Dylan Larkin in Detroit with our first pick. You know, he was playing behind Jack Eichel and some pretty good players. Um, you know, which maybe he didn't get any, you know, you know, Tuck and Eichel and these guys kind of got all the hype. And he was kind of, you know, not, I wouldn't say hidden, but he was playing behind them. Didn't get, you know, the same opportunity and the players. So 
you I mean you always look at where they're playing and what kind of culture they're playing in how are they going to develop in a, in a year or two from now where are they going to go next year um you know we want to make sure that we once we make this pick that uh you know we're giving them every resource possible to to be able to develop and obviously the sooner that they develop and become NHL players the better better we are off as a as an organization so yeah, we we look into that uh, pretty extensively, I would say, for the most part. All right, so you mentioned the fact that you don't have a second and third round this year. The Oilers have the 19th overall pick. We'll see what happens. I think two goalies go in the top 20 of the NHL draft. We're joined by Tyler Wright. Uh, Tyler, rounds four, uh, you got a fourth-round pick, two picks in the sixth, and one pick in the seventh. As those picks get later on in the draft, are you better off selecting uh, NCAA-headed and European players because you retain their rights longer than guys out of major junior who I think you've only got, if you draft them at 18, you got to make a decision on them in a couple of years. If a guy goes the NCAA route or goes to Europe, you've got a longer uh, a, a longer amount of time to assess the player's development. What do you think on that front? Yeah, I mean, I think if you look back over the course, I would say, you know, four or five years, you, you would say that that would be a you know, a trend that I think the National Hockey League just in general as the industry has gone for forward. Um, I don't really believe that, you know, is it a philosophy? Yeah, but at the end of the day, you know, you're still, you know, just because a kid's playing, you know, a fifth or sixth round pick that's playing in the Western Hockey League or the Quebec League or Ontario League, um, doesn't mean that they can't can't be good players. Um, you know, you look at a guy like Mark Stone. You look at a guy like Brendan Gallagher. You look at, you know, these, you know, they're they're there. There's players out there and available, and and you just got to make sure that you're not you're not passing on those players just because the industry says you know you get more time to develop, you know, a kid that's playing in Europe. Uh, or the NCAA route, it, it, you know, just because you you have more time to develop, it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be players either. Yeah, don't even get me started on Brendan Gallagher. I think uh, we've discussed that story before. Uh, one, one final one for it. Lots of defense prospects in the organization. You brought up organizational need. You said you're going to take the best player. Uh, you know, you've got Broberg, Bouchard. Let's let's go. Let's go in order. Bouchard, Broberg, uh, Samarukov. Obviously, Broberg and Samarukov are going to need some time in the minors. Uh, not to mention, you know, Nima Linen, who had a good year this past year before getting hurt. Kesserling, Camp. So lots of defense prospects. Could you use another forward prospect, uh, you know, if you elect not to go with a goaltender? Uh, does that make sense at not, without giving away the total plan? Is that somewhat of a rational thought, given the amount of deep prospects you have? Um, yeah, you mean it's conversations that we have for sure. Um, but at the end of the day, at the end of the day, we're, you know, yeah, it's like the NFL draft, and and you know, like you, you just don't take a running back because you, you you need a running back at four or five or six or whatever. You, you take the best player because best players are what moves the needle the most. So I think that I think that do we do we lack forward depth? I think we do for the most part a little bit, but is that going to be a deciding factor for us? I would say no. Tyler, uh, thank you for maybe discussing a bit of the theory and some of the challenges of the upcoming draft, and uh, we look forward to touching base with you down the road. 
Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Bob. You bet. That is Oilers Director of Amateur Scouting, Tyler Wright. He's our Oilers Now headliner today uh, for Wilhock Beef Jerky. It just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhock, W-I-L-A-H-A-U-K today. Royal Pizza, Pizza Pass, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years. For a menu and a list, there are 13 Edmonton and area locations. Go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. We go to uh, this day in Oilers history at 152 at Edmonton presented daily by New West Travel. This September, travel a private WestJet charter flight to Whistler, B.C., play four spectacular mountain courses. Details at newwesttravel.com. And here's Brendan Escott. In 2010, GM Steve Tambellini hires 41-year-old Todd Nelson, previously of the Atlanta Thrashers, as the new head coach of the Oklahoma City Barons. Later that day, former Oilers defenseman Steve Smith named an assistant on Tom Rennie's NHL coaching staff. Steve Ta- uh, Todd Nelson, real good guy, was interested. He was in the mix to be the Edmonton Oil Kings head coach that summer. Um, the feeling was he might be better suited to be the head coach of the farm team. And uh, his agent, uh, Gil Scott, uh, basically did a deal with Steve Tamlini and turned out to be a pretty good hire for a number of years. Uh, Don Nelson's a good dude, uh, was basically runner-up. He had three interviews with the Arizona Coyotes. I wonder if he's going to get a chance to be an NHL head coach again. Um yeah, this might have been his window this summer. We'll wait and see. Dallas assistant the last couple of seasons, and uh, just a great guy to deal with, Todd Nelson, on a day-to-day basis. Steve Smith was let go by Buffalo when they fired Ralph Kruger. I think he'll resurface in the NHL as an assistant uh, coach uh, for D at some stage here. This day in Oilers history for New West Travel. Experience a great golf holiday trip to Whistler, middle of September, on a private jet to play four spectacular mountain courses. Details at newwesttravel.com. Yeah, it was an interesting conversation on the theory of the draft without talking about specific kids necessarily. Uh, I think there's going to be... This might have actually been the year to have a second or third round pick. Just uh, in terms of the fact that maybe you might get what nor in, in, in other years with more scouting, you might have had a, a, a guy that should have gone in late in the first round that might end up popping up in the second and third rounds. We'll wait and see. Um, we uh, will wait and see. Oilers obviously have traded away. When did they make that trade? Uh, oh, the Kulikov. Okay. They're going to be light on picks for the next couple of years. Uh, so we'll continue to monitor that. But they do have their first-round picks. There are some people that don't think you should ever trade a first-round pick. It's interesting. A lot of you at the trade deadline said the owners didn't do enough. This was their window now to improve the team. And now, uh, with the addition of Duncan Keith on defense, uh, which cost Edmonton a conditional third-round pick, could be as high as a second if the Oilers make it to the Stanley Cup final. Um, and then we'll see what happens with, you know, do they step up and overturn or overpay a guy like Hyman? I don't know. It's going to be interesting to monitor. Tomorrow, for NHL Hockey and Rogers in the River Cree Resort and Casino, Elliot Friedman. And for the horses and horse racing Alberta, the 7,000 men and women employed in the horse racing industry, Mark Spector, uh, will be amongst our guests on tomorrow's edition of Oilers Now. Thank you to all of you who took time to participate in Texas. One of these days, now that I'm back in the 630 Chad Studios, one of these days we'll have to take calls. Maybe we'll do that on Monday's show. Maybe we'll have something else to talk about then by two. We'll have to wait and see. 
Up next, uh, Reed Wilkins, by the way, tonight, Inside Sports, 6 to 8. I know he's got Cam Moon on the show. What else has he got shaken? Former Elks defensive lineman, 2015 Grey Cup champion Eddie Steele. He'll be a part of uh, Elks broadcast this year, as well as Gareth Reese of Rugby Canada on an international rugby sevens game or two coming to Edmonton in the fall. He's not going to have Ryan King on the show? Does he have Ryan King on like once every three weeks? Reed Wilkins? Just having fun with you, Reed. You're retired. Uh, you know that, right? But I, he retired? Yeah. He's not the long snapper anymore? No, sir. He was on Reed's show. Man, like it was a lot. Uh, Eddie, so Eddie Steele's working the broadcast with Morley and Dave? Yeah, that's a uh, word on the street. Is Blake Dermott still a part of the yes, broadcast? Absolutely. They're oh, boy. Up. Loading up. You know well, what they boxed out? This guy. I can't get on the field. <laughs> oh, you're not? You're boxed out? You're no good <laughs> yeah, to go? No field access for the beginning. But oh, well. Right. I'll be there on the stands. Hey, I'm happy they're just back playing. I'm going to be stoked for the Elks season coming up. Up next, a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by Angela Cocott today from 2 to 3 p.m. And then 6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Have a terrific Thursday, everybody. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.